the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Books about love line the shelves of libraries the world over. Here in the United States, well, we've got several songs as well as books to describe love. But the best description can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and online at highlands.us. We're continuing our journey through 1 Corinthians, stepping down to 1 Corinthians 13 for a while to understand God's perspective of love. Here's Leighton. Jesus is a supreme sacrifice of long-suffering. He was rejected by his own people. He was abandoned by his friends. He was betrayed by one of his own. And yet as he hung on Calvary's cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Love is kind. The word kind means to be useful, serving, and gracious. Jesus commanded us to be kind even to our enemies, to love our enemies. He said, if someone wants to sue you, Take your shirt, let them have your coat. If someone wants to force you to go one mile, go with them a second. He said to his disciples, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the word that is used there for easy is the same word that's found in this passage here. What Jesus is saying is, if you put my yoke on you, I will be kind to you. It's Jesus who does the heavy lifting. Love is not jealous, does not envy. You see, love and jealousy, they're mutually exclusive. When one exists, the other cannot. We cannot be jealous of someone we love. And we cannot love someone we're jealous of. Jealousy has two forms. One form is desiring what somebody else has. The tenth of the Ten Commandments says you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything else that is thy neighbor's. It was a sin then. It is a sin now. It's desiring something for yourself that belongs to someone else. It is the root from which theft springs. The other kind of jealousy is wishing that someone else did not have or would lose what they have. It is desiring evil and loss and calamity upon someone else. Jealousy is not a moderate or harmless sin. It was Eve's jealousy of God that Satan the serpent appealed to. She wanted to be like God. She wanted to know what God knows. And it was jealousy which stirred Cain's heart to murder his brother Abel. He was jealous that the offering of Abel had been well received and he, his had not. It was jealousy that stirred Joseph's brothers to sell him into slavery. It was jealousy by fellow officials that had them 
trap Daniel so that he would be thrown to the lions. Jealousy is not a harmless sin. Love is never jealous. Love does not brag. It means to talk conceitedly. You know, bragging is the other side of jealousy. Jealousy is wanting something that someone else has. Bragging is trying to make someone else desire what you have. Be jealous of what you have. It's inciting someone to stumble into sin. It's causing a brother to stumble. Love is not arrogant. Jesus was God, and if anyone has the right to be arrogant, it'd be God. But Jesus was not arrogant. He was humble. In his letter to the Philippians, Paul wrote, Don't be selfish, and don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Jesus modeled humility. Love does not act unbecomingly. You know, people who do, who do not love do not care. They, do, they, are, they don't care about the feelings of others. They are rude. They are crude. They are discourteous. They can embarrass others. They can embarrass the people that are associated with them. And to the extent that our living is ungracious and inconsiderate, it is also unloving and unchristian. You know, rudeness by Christians can turn people off from even wanting to hear the gospel. If they don't see the gentleness of Christ in us, they're not going to hear it in our message. Love does not seek its own. People who are seeking their own want it their own way. They're selfish. They're self-centered. They want what's, what they think is best for them. And it's the opposite of love. Because love looks out for the interests of others and willingly gives up for the sake of others. The root of of fallen nature is wanting to have our own way. Lenski, the well-known Bible commentator, said, Cure selfishness, and you've just replanted the Garden of Eden. You see, Adam and Eve rejected God's way. They wanted to do it their way. Love is not provoked, not easily angered, not touchy, not irritable, not sensitive to slights. Love doesn't get angry quickly when somebody says something or does something that's displeasing. Being provoked is the other side of seeking one's own way. You see, when someone tries to seek their own way, they're easily provoked. The real meaning is that a Christian does not become exasperated with people. He doesn't lose his temper. The man who is master of his temper can be master of anything. Love does not take into account a wrong suffered. The word store up there, take into account, is an accountant's word. It refers to an entry on a ledger, and the reason for that is so that something will not be forgotten, and that's what people do. They keep a record of the harms that have been done to them, and, and they nurse their wrath, and they brood over their wrongs until it's to the point where they cannot forgive or forget. But Christian love has learned the lesson on how to forget. The same word 
is used in the New Testament to represent the pardoning act of God towards those who trust in Christ Jesus. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Once sin is under the blood of Christ, there's no more record of it. It's it's wiped out. It's wiped away. It's blotted away. As far as the east is from the west, it's removed from us. There's no more record of our wrong. Love forgives. Resentment, it keeps careful records. But love keeps no books, resentments, or grudges. Chrysostom observed that a wrong done against love is like a spark that falls into the sea. Spark that falls into the sea will not cause a fire. It will be quenched. And when we stop and we consider of how much God has forgiven us, we ought to forgive each other. Likewise. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness. Barclay wrote, It is one of the queer traits of human nature that very often we prefer to hear of the misfortune of others rather than of their good fortune. The newsstand racks at the grocery stores are filled with magazines that profit from and rejoice in proclaiming the misfortune and unrighteous behavior of others. People love to talk about the unrighteousness of others. Now, sometimes rejoicing in unrighteousness takes the form of hoping that someone will fall into misfortune or fall into sin. There have been Christians who have become so tired of their spouses that they hoped that their spouse would be unfaithful and fall into adultery so they would have a biblical excuse for being rid of them. And there have been pastors who are so jealous of the gifts and the popularity of another pastor, they actually hoped that pastor would fall into some grievous sin or celebrate it if it occurred. That's not love. Love does not rejoice in either the existence or revelation of unrighteousness. One of the most common forms of rejoicing in sin is gossip. It's often treated very lightly by Christians, but it uncaringly reveals the weaknesses and sins of others and therefore hurts rather than helps them. The heart of gossip is rejoicing in evil. Even when gossip is true, it is still gossip. The essence of gossip is gloating over the shortcomings and the sins of others, which makes gossip a great sin itself. A person is never helped by spreading the news of his sin. Granville Walker wrote, There are times when silence is golden. When to tell the truth, to make many hearts bleed needlessly. Everything is hurt by a loose tongue. Love rejoices with the truth. This contrasts with the previous. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. The word here, bear, is stego, which means to cover, to conceal. Love bears all things by protecting others from exposure, ridicule, or harm. Genuine love does not gossip or listen to gossip. Even when a sin is confirmed, love tries to correct it with the least possible hurt and harm to the guilty person. Love never protects sin, 
but is anxious to protect the sinner. On the other hand, fallen human nature has the opposite inclination. There's a perverse pleasure in exposing someone else's faults and failures. There's an occasion spoken of in the, in the Bible where a woman caught in adultery was brought to Jesus and those in the crowd were eager to make a public spectacle of her and her sin. And Jesus quietly got down and wrote in the sand. We don't know what he wrote, but whatever it was, soon the accusers departed. And when they were gone, he stood up and he looked at the woman and he said, Where are your accusers? She said, They've gone. He said, Neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. They wanted to make a public spectacle of it. Jesus wanted to provide a covering for that sin. The concealing love of God in Christ. What an amazing aspect of this love we're learning about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Information about this radio ministry or the church it originates from, Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. Visit our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And then come back and join us tomorrow for another Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.